Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Eric Raffin, CIO at San Mateo County Health System. In this segment, Raffin talks about how San Mateo is leveraging an EMPI to simplify information and make it more usable, why he believes the concept of systemness is so vital to an organization's success, and how his team is working to incorporate social determinants into the care picture. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. And at the end of the day, this new health information exchange is sort of a proxy, right? It's a read-only proxy for a unified electronic health record, which means I can use that for contingency planning, because it's not hosted here, it's hosted far away in somebody's very secure data center. Um, and so I have a web-based way now uh, in the coming months at least when we deploy it for uh, folks to be able to get to a contingency EHR platform and I get a normalized clinical data repository in the background. So back to that information. Now I have this fresh environment that's clean and it's already unified. I already have my behavioral health information juxtaposed with my clinical information. We'll have all, all of that mapped uh, and indexed out and ready to be analyzed. And so we're really trying to simplify what we do with the information both in the hands of our providers at the point of service, but also what we want to do to improve our programs and decision making by creating a new enterprise data warehouse environment uh, where we have this normalized information. So it's, uh, it's right. a lot going on for a small public health system. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and what you're talking about with, with the master person index is something that kind of seems like a, you know, a first step or, or a, a foundation, but kind of uh, getting things going for, for you where you want to be. And, and that's the next gate, EMPI, right? That's correct. Okay. Okay, very interesting. And, and were there were there other um, challenges along the way with, with setting something like this up because of you talked about the spaghetti, but there, there's so much that that needed to be addressed. And was it a challenge as far as figuring out where to go first, or is that something that just this is what made most sense? You know, it's interesting. So the the organization, the health system, did not have a health system level. Uh, CIO role, so I'm very lucky to be the first incumbent in that in that job, right. and the leadership in the organization, you know, really they turned to me and they said, here here are some of our issues, uh, but you need you really need to go out and figure out what's happening and how we can best uh, support all of our different providers in all of our different settings, and it it struck me that even at the at the very outset the directors, so my colleagues, the directors of all these different divisions, our medical center, behavioral health, correctional health, environmental health, et cetera, they weren't really aware of what activities were going on sort of in the health IT space around them. And there weren't very many, you know, not, not a lot of, uh, you know, synapses were firing between the different divisions when there might be an environment, uh, like a decision that gets made that might impact another division or when a decision gets made where another group might actually want to, to contribute and also use that solution. My, my goal has been to try and foster a little bit more sense of systemness, which is probably not a real word, mm -hmm. but... A lot of people use it, but yeah. I think that's that's what I saw as a goal for me, 
having come previously from the Department of Veterans Affairs, there was a lot of systemness there. And so I, I lived in, a, in an environment where there was a lot of awareness about what was going on. And here, uh, it wasn't because people were deliberately, you know, not trying to do it. It's just that n no one had asked the group to come together to talk about things. So uh, recently, just if, if you would like an example, our information governance uh, function, which is a, a committee that we sponsor uh, and have uh, a nurse informaticist leading along with uh, the medical center's chief medical information officer, we realized that when clients first come to see us, we were presenting them with numerous types of consents for treatment as well as numerous notice of privacy practices and different releases of information forms. And, and this, was, this was a byproduct of preparing for health information exchange and, and getting ready to roll this out, which is going to be happening in the next few months. And we realized that this was a health system. Our HIPAA entity is San Mateo County. You know, it's not the blank, blank division of the health system. And yeah. it struck us that this is a great opportunity for us all to come together and agree on one standard. How do we want to seek consent for for treatment, how yeah. do we want to publish our NPPs or Notice of Privacy Practices? And the organization, like, they, 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 they loved, you know, I know, well, maybe they didn't love it, but they were very engaged. It's hard to love a document, right? But right. they were very engaged, and all, all of these groups who before may never have come together to talk about this topic um, have basically agreed on getting down to what is essentially language for one consent for treatment one notice of privacy practices and just a couple release of information documents which differ because of legal requirements. It wasn't that hard to do. Again, you know, a lot of people will say, well, that has nothing to do with the technology and all that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and my answer is, of course it doesn't. Yeah. Because this is really about how we manage information from the point of getting permission to gather it in the first place, which is part of the consent for treatment because the treatment is obviously um, all documented, and then all that information can be made available, but you've got to be able to, to first get the, the client to sign the piece of paper that says it's okay if we take care of you and share your information. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just really very glad that the organization has, has gotten engaged around the non-traditional health IT things, because a lot, of, a lot of this stuff are just things that IT people see because we touch many layers of the organization. And I'm just glad that we've had folks both on my team as well as across all the other divisions that have been willing to come to the table, have meaningful debate, rational discourse, and actually produce something better in a workflow or a business process. So we're really very happy about that. Right. One of the other areas that I wanted to talk about, and you've, it's clear that this has already uh, crossed your mind, if, if not something that, that you're involved in, but that, that's social determinants and getting more involved in, in, in use, using these determinants to, to determine how care is delivered. And where do you stand on that right now? Is that something that San Mateo is doing at this point? I'd say we've started our journey. You know, a lot of the challenges with where the social determinants information is collected is it's collected in non-EHR environments. The good news is, at the end of the day, it's just data, and we can get to it, uh, and we can transform it and turn it into the type of messaging uh, that can feed uh, the EHR space. And we can do the reverse, right? We can take the clinical information as appropriate and feed that back into the social services spaces where so many of these social determinants are observed 
by social workers and public health nurses and community workers, you know, every day. There are a lot of companies that are, have been coming around saying, well, we've got this nailed. We figured it all out. And I'm like, well, I don't know how that is because most, you know, healthcare delivery organizations don't really deal with social determinants of health. Right. Uh, and not because not they don't want to, but because the, the framework hasn't existed to do it. We're going to dive into this by trying to take advantage of information that uh, everyone has already agreed is like right on the surface and easy to do. So something that's easy to do is to understand if any of our clients are conserved, right? So we, we run that program for the county, so we know everyone who's conserved. We know every okay. senior that's in some sort of um, board and care home. So we know a lot more about where people are living and how decisions are being made about folks who can't speak for themselves effectively. And so right out of the chute, you know, we want to make sure that that piece of information, which is not always known, becomes part of our record. Uh, that's a really simple example. A more complicated example is our health policy and planning folks, well, they, they do studies like where are all the sidewalks? Where are the streets mm -hmm. that don't have sidewalks? Right. That's a big deal for anyone who's you know, facing the challenge of living with a physical disability who may not be able to get to their primary care appointment because their wheelchair can't, you know, they're not able to maneuver that to get to the bus. Right. or uh, to get into, you know, uh, somebody else's car. And sometimes it's as simple as understanding there's no street light, there's no sidewalk, or obviously there's no transit. We have parts of this, of the health system and other parts of the county that obviously know all of that information. And it's about uh, layering it and pulling it together, which is why things like our new enterprise data warehouse framework that we're, we're beginning to build now um, holds great promise because then we can start bringing that, all that information together and then also choosing what, you know, the providers, certainly it's not IT people making these decisions, it's what other information do the providers want to know that we may know in another system. And sometimes that's as easy as understanding that a child was seen and immunized by a public health nurse, but that's not in our medical center clinic function. But, you know, that, can, that information can be made available in the EHR world so that when the pediatrician is looking at the record, they'd be able to say, oh, I see that you've already had this, or something even simpler. So when our public health nurses and our family health services are out in their home visiting program, which is uh, the, lar the largest program that they operate, it would be important for them to know that well, if a child uh, that's on their caseload was in the emergency department, well, they're going to have that information. It's relevant uh, to the service right. they're providing. So this is how we're starting down that road, is to where our folks who deal with the social determinants of health every day are not informed about the clinical stuff going on. We're trying to get yeah. that information to them. And then ultimately start dealing with, and it's, I don't think it's easy, this is easy, uh, but dealing with all, everything that you can go down any social determinants list and understand you know, uh, everything from educational attainment to the quality of the drinking water. And these are all things that we have in the repositories of information and that most counties all have the same. Uh, we just aren't using it maximally. And so that for me, it's about how do we transform this data so that the other people who might derive great benefit from it, from having it at their fingertips, would be able to consume it. Right. It's interesting because obviously in some ways it's a ways away, but 
because of the makeup of the organization, you do have somewhat of that foundation because you're, you're closer to some of the, the social services than uh, other health systems might be. Right. They're really they're front and center for us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other thing is, is that as we join our health information to this big collective of thousands of entities that are now participating in, I'll just call it, you know, you know super-de-duper HIE, which is, you know, uh, the, like the carry quality uh, group or the Commonwealth group, and, and, and being able to query this information from, you know, literally thousands of providers and, and facilities around the country, we're going to have something, start having other things to offer that are not just clinical. Right. And so I think that benefits anyone who happens to be providing a service to one of our clients. So it's, it's, uh, it's about what we need for our own providers, but it's also what people will benefit from, especially in cases of emergencies where a lot of times people aren't able, you know, they may, you know, show up and present unconscious, uh, but to be able to, to go into a completely different electronic health record and, and, and do a query and see that there's information available and then learn that the person, the patient is uh, conserved and here's the conservator's phone number. You know, these are important part of that, you know, uh, a network that you want to have when somebody is unable to speak for themselves. It sounds really small, but at the end of the day, um, it's not because we, we really try and look at, you know, every single one of these interactions is important, very important. Right. So we're excited about making some headway in this yeah. area. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.